On January 5th, 2012, the Air Force lost three explosive ordnance disposal airmen. Technical Sergeant Matthew Schwartz, Senior Airman Brian Bell, and Airman First Class Matthew Seidler. They were killed in Helmand Province, Afghanistan, when their vehicle was struck by an improvised explosive device. You are listening to Commission Ed, the Air Force Officer Podcast. I am Colin Slade, and the thoughts I share today are my own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy of the United States Air Force, Department of Defense, or the United States government. In January 2012, I had barely been stationed at Joint Base Andrews for four months and on active duty for six. However, early in my time there, I had volunteered to join the base honor guard. I was interested in the movement and ceremonies, as well as the leadership opportunities for a new officer like me. As a student at Brigham Young University, I was on the International Folk Dance Ensemble, where we performed folk dances, including various war dances from all over the world. Being both choreographed movement and part of the military, I was also interested in my detachment's drill team, but I didn't have time to participate in it. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the base honor guard, striving daily to perfect the technique and sequence of the various ceremonies we performed. More than that though, I enjoyed and greatly benefited from associating with the junior enlisted and NCOs at the base honor guard. My position within the civil engineering squadron was surrounded by civilians. So this was my first real opportunity to be mentored by and provide leadership to enlisted airmen. It was in this environment that I received notification that we were going to Erie, Pennsylvania to perform full military honors for senior airman Brian Bell. While we practiced for active duty funerals on a regular basis, we didn't get to perform them very often, which is a good thing. They require 20 airmen total and a lot of equipment, so it was kind of a mad dash to make sure that we had everything we needed to support this funeral. That and DTS, the defense travel system, which is one of the worst systems ever designed. It has been significantly improved recently, but at the time, this was one of those all too common situations where we couldn't get travel authorized prior to leaving. It all eventually got sorted, but it was also a distraction from what we were trying to accomplish. Now, I don't remember exactly when I found out that these three airmen were EOD and part of civil engineering, but I do recall feeling that I had lost members of my family. I had never met them, and despite being so new in my Air Force service, I felt like I knew them in a small way. I learned that Senior Airman Bell was from Erie and Tech Sergeant Schwartz and Airman Seidler were stationed in Laramie, Wyoming and Colorado Springs, respectively, both very close to my hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. I felt the gravity of their loss, but little did I know how much their deaths would affect my life. Our team arrived in Erie the evening of January 15, 2012, after driving for nearly six hours in two 12-passenger vans. The weather was biting cold and clear. The entire city was covered in snow and rightly so, felt like a ghost town. Once we arrived at the hotel, we got our room assignments, inventoried our gear, and then huddled up for a quick meeting before everyone went to find some dinner. 
the questions of alcohol at dinner and curfew came up. Mind you, I'm just a nugget of a lieutenant. The A1Cs on the team all easily have more time in the Air Force than me. However, as the officer, the decision was left to me. I allowed for those that wanted to to get a drink, but only with dinner, and that curfew would be at 2100 hours. Thankfully, there were no issues and everybody was back in their room well before that. I didn't go out that night. Rather, I stayed back in my hotel room and thought about what was going to happen the next day. And I remember that I texted Reed. The exact words exchanged are lost to history, but we both recalled that I expressed extreme hesitation at having barely entered the Air Force, and here I was being tasked to present a flag to a widow of an airman killed in combat. How was I supposed to do that? I hadn't done anything of any significance. Reed encouraged me that what I had done in the past didn't matter nearly as much as what I would do in the future. That my responsibility at this point was to live worthy of Senior Airman Bell's sacrifice. I committed to him that that's what I would do. I remember the next morning like it was yesterday. We showed up to the Wintergreen Gorge Cemetery an hour prior to the arrival of the hearse carrying Senior Airman Bell's remains. As the officer in charge, I was the first one to make contact with the funeral director to make sure that we were all on the same page for the rendering of final honors. Namely, bearing the casket to the gravesite, folding the flag, the 21-gun salute, and playing taps. The funeral director made a point to remind me to pick up some of the spent casings from the salute to put inside the flag after it had been folded. It was bitterly cold that morning, with a slight wind coming off of nearby Lake Erie. My team was in place, though, and we were ready. Or so I thought. As the funeral director opened the hearse, the sight of the stars and stripes draped over the casket made my stomach drop. Now, I'm not one to get nervous, but this was instantly different. Different even from other funerals for retirees and veterans that I had performed honors for. While those others had surely sacrificed on behalf of their country and their loved ones, they had lived out their long lives. Senior Airman Bell was in this casket before me because he had sworn an oath and carried out his duty to an all too early end. Once I had finished with the funeral director, I looked past the hearse and saw another couple of Air Force officers walking my direction, one of them with three stars on each shoulder. He made a beeline straight for me and took my hand in a vice grip of a handshake introducing himself as Lieutenant General James Kowalski, commander of Air Force Global Strike. He informed me that he would be presenting the flags to Senior Airman Bell's next of kin. I thought, flags? There's only one flag. I don't have any more flags. And then I opened my mouth and spoke like a truly lost lieutenant. Sir, I don't know about any other flags. Did you bring them? The initial look of bewilderment on the general's face quickly gave way to disappointment as he passed me off to his lieutenant colonel executive officer. The colonel then 
explain gently but directly that I had better find out where the other flags were. I said, yes, sir, and spent the next 15 minutes walking at adjutant's pace, wearing ceremonial blues through the snow and ice with metal cheater tabs on the bottom of my shoes. My NCOs and I did eventually find the flags. We had them in our van. How they got there and why I didn't know about them, I have no idea. Probably a silly lieutenant mistake. But then we had to adapt our manning assignments and procedures to allow General Kowalski to present the flags. Once we had that figured out, it was time to begin. I ceremoniously approached the casket, a very different movement from just minutes earlier. I then removed the tie keeping the flag in place and got into position at the back of the hearse. As I moved out of the way, the bearers replaced me and pulled the casket out. Senior Airman Bell was big. He was over six feet tall and built like a tank. Though the bearers were full-grown men, a tech sergeant, two senior airmen, and three A1Cs, they struggled under the weight of his remains in the casket. Even so, they did manage to clear the hearse and walk the casket the 100 feet to the gravesite. There, I took my position at the head of the casket, gave the signal to lower, and began folding the flag. Despite the wind, the bearers folded the flag well and presented it to me. I tightened up the folds and then performed a full dress for the flag, handing it over to the general, who then presented it to Senior Airman Bell's wife, Elena. Though I was at the position of attention, I could see out of the corner of my eye as he knelt down and said, On behalf of the President of the United States, Department of the Air Force, and a grateful nation, please accept this flag as a symbol of our appreciation for your loved one's honorable and faithful service. As Elena took the flag, my heart broke. We then presented the other flags, which we had already folded earlier in a similar fashion to Senior Airman Bell's father, Richard, and other next of kin. With the flags delivered and still standing at the head of the casket, I clicked my heels to let the firing party know to begin their salute. Nothing happened. I clicked again, only louder. Still nothing. I performed a facing movement to see what was the matter. The extra flags had been carried by members of the firing party, and they were just now getting into position. One more click of my heels, and now they were ready to begin. The firing party retrieves their rifles, and the command given. Hit it! Boom! The rifles rip the clear, cold sky. I tried not to flinch. Hit it! Boom! I was ready for this one, but I see others startle. Hit it! Boom! I think that's it. That was the last one. I'm still at the position of attention. My feet are frozen. It's so cold. Present humps. Without even realizing it, my hand snapped to salute, and then the bugler, off in the distance and unseen, plays taps. There wasn't a dry eye among the family and friends. My heart broke all over again.
Florida humps. The Bears and the firing party then retreated, but the NFP, NCIC for the firing party, walked over to me and handed me three spent casings. My mind was reeling. What am I supposed to do with these? Oh yeah, they go with the flag. I should have taken them with me and given them to the funeral director to place inside the flag after the ceremony, but I didn't. I thought instead, where's the flag? The wife has it, that's right. Breaking all protocol, I faced Elena Bell and ceremoniously as I could, knelt down in front of her and presented her the casings. She shook her head. No words were exchanged, but I stayed kneeling. I could see her eyes were red and puffy. Eventually, she relented and slowly slid the casings out of my hand and into hers. I returned to the position of attention and rendered a final salute before walking away. As I returned to our vans, I was lost in my thoughts. What in the world just happened? I truly tried my best to honor Senior Airman Bell, his family, and their ultimate sacrifice. But I know that it could have been so much better. Back at the van, the team was about finished putting our equipment away and getting ready for the long drive home to Andrews. Just then, I noticed General Kowalski's exec walking over to me. I greeted him, and he asked us to stay for a few minutes so the general could come talk to us. Oh no, I thought. The general is going to tell us how we screwed up the ceremony, and... I'm the officer in charge of it all. My career in the Air Force is over. I'm sure of it. But that wasn't it at all. General Kowalski was very kind in his praise of our efforts to honor one of his fallen airmen and gave each of us one of his coins. We thanked and saluted him, then packed up and drove home. A few days later, I attended Airman First Class Matthew Seidler's funeral at Arlington National Cemetery. As I watched the Air Force Honor Guard perfectly render final honors to him, my heart broke all over again, and I ached that I didn't do the same for Senior Airman Bell. Since then, I have never been back to Erie, but I have revisited Airman Seidler's grave multiple times. And every time I do, and all the moments in between that I've thought about that bitter cold day in Erie, I've wanted to do and be better for Senior Airman Bell and his wife, Elena. So to the friends and family of Tech Sergeant Matthew Schwartz, Airman First Class Matthew Seidler, and especially Senior Airman Brian Bell and his wife Elena, I want to thank them for their sacrifice. Please know that it did not and does not go unnoticed. Though I don't know them at all, I am grateful for the part these EOD airmen played early in my career and ever since as an Air Force officer. To all those out there in harm's way, bringing the fight to the enemy and making our world a safer and better place, thank you and come home soon. And finally, to you, our audience, I simply ask one thing that you always remember, lest we somehow forget. Thanks for listening.